from the windows, doors, and more studios. Your one-stop shop for all your kitchen and bath needs. The Pat Miller Program. Whoa, whoa. 92.3 FM and 1190 AM. Depend on it. As we roll into this, our second hour of the day on this Wednesday, it's the 4 o'clock hour on the Pat Miller Program. We go to our uh, newsmaker line, standing by the Attorney General for the state of Indiana, Todd Rakita. Mr. Attorney General, good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Pat. Great to be back. Nice to have you with us. A couple of uh, stories that, that you're, you've had your hands, your nose, your fingers in. I just want to make sure we cover it. Um, talk to me about this I Do Bridal story. Uh, it's about a bridal shop here in Fort Wayne. It's a bridal shop that actually merged with another bridal shop, but it seems that perhaps, what, a lot of brides are being bilked out of something? Yeah, it's a real sad story. Very emotional, of course. And... Um, and it's just a, a lesson, I guess, in how not to do business. Um, like a lot of these, uh, though, it's it's hard to get blood out of a turnip, and so I don't want to get people's hopes up uh, too high. We have gotten at least one dress back, and and we have, in record time, got a lawsuit filed against this company who just simply closed its doors. I think even on a Saturday when brides were going up there, or Friday where brides were going to pick up some of their dresses, and they were just shut out uh, from retrieving, uh, you know, this precious asset of theirs. And um, and you know how it is to go. Uh, I, I am learning through this case, if nothing else, because it's been a while since Captain and I have been married. But uh, you know how long it takes to get a dress these days. So very emotional time. Brides are uh, customers were just shut out. Uh, we, in record time, went and filed a lawsuit, got a preliminary injunction, got a court order to hold this business accountable. So, you know, now they're now they're answering to me. They're answering to a judge. Uh, we'll see if they end up filing bankruptcy. Uh, but it's a bad situation. We're trying our hardest to get assets uh, returned or out of the business owner's hands and, and back to um, the customers as restitution. But again, it's a, it could be a situation where it's hard to get blood out of a turnip. Those assets just not might might not be there anymore. So we'll see. Look, I I know times like this are tough. I get it. As you mentioned earlier, uh, Mr. Attorney General, there is nothing as emotional for a young lady as her wedding day, and nothing speaks to that day more than her and her bridal gown. Uh, but for but for the business to be taking orders or you know advance money or anything from young ladies as much as Friday evening. And then closing on Saturday the next day, maybe I'm all wet here. It's just hard for me to believe that somebody in the upper echelons of that bridal community, that they were not aware, hey, guys, uh, get all the money you can. Tomorrow we close our doors. Yeah, and we're investigating that still, even though with the, with the case going on. That is what we would call a deceptive consumer practice. Um, um, that, that is, you deceive the consumer uh, fraud and inducement even. And, uh, you know, that's serious. Um, whether it rises to the level of criminality isn't for me to judge. That would be for your county prosecutor. But in the civil sense, we have the Deceptive Consumer Sales Practices Act here in Indiana. It's a good law. It's, it, it, it's, uh, it's helped me do a lot of different things from going after this uh, bridal uh, company to going after TikTok. Uh, right, the Chinese right. owned uh, conglomerate that we're using the same set of laws in both cases. So it's a very versatile uh, uh, tool that I have uh, to go after deceptive practices. And that, and that's what's happening 
uh, as you describe it, that's what would be happening here. Now, again, as you said, this is all going to get end up going to a court, to a judge, to somebody to pass final judgment on all of this. Do you have any idea as of yet, through your preliminary investigations, how many brides we're talking about, how many dresses or how many dollars of dresses we're talking about? Well, we have over 50 complaints alone. Wow. And, yeah, and so that's what we're basing our investigation on. Yeah. And so, you know, not everyone complains. Uh, so there could be 150, 200 maybe uh, customers involved. Um, off the top of my head, I don't know the uh, – we haven't – you know, the auditing and the accounting it certainly isn't finished yet. You understand that. I mean, this is record time. I'm looking at some dates here. July 23rd of this year, that's when we first heard news that the bridal uh, suite closed. Goodness. Then, yeah. Then, uh, by September 6th, we got a preliminary injunction. So that's basically five, six weeks. Uh, we did an investigation, got a lawsuit filed, and got the court to agree that um, this business needed to be enjoined. So, uh, and by enjoined, we mean uh, they can't move their assets, whatever's left. They can't do, um, uh, they can't sell things. They can't uh, certainly take any more orders or anything like that. They're frozen. So that that really is, I know that six weeks might seem a long time to a lot of people, and I, I sympathize with that. But in terms of the, the law and the court system, um, uh, we move fast, and the Allen County court system moves fast. Yeah, no, that in fact, that's almost breakneck speed, really. Uh, I had read somewhere uh, where this um, this bridal, this I do bridal, in their closing, that somehow along the way that they had or they were looking to enjoin with another bridal shop, do some kind of a merger. Have you read anything on that? Are you aware of that? Is that a merger that completed itself? What was that? Yeah, it looks like they were in the middle of it. It looks like it was um, a closed merger meeting. I, you know, I think it was um, an acquisition or a merger, but the parties um, were close. They knew each other uh, pretty well. They might have even been to the same parties in some, in some portion of that transaction. So... Uh, that could be helpful. Um, uh, you know, the, the, there uh, there could be assets there too in the combined company. So, you know, the good thing is, again, we got a court order. They can't do anything with whatever assets they have left in their possession, and uh, that's the big step. Yeah, they can't leave it off. They can't use it to pay other debts. Um, the only other thing out there is if they're going to file bankruptcy. If that happens, then now we're in federal court, and everything goes into the bankruptcy court, and the creditors. Right, uh, you know, have better, probably a better standing at that point, um, uh, at least equal to it. Probably, probably better than the consumers themselves. So, um, we don't want to beat up on the, the business owner too hard and, and, and force their hand that way because we uh, we want to do what's best for the Indiana consumer uh, uh, in this case. And uh, you know, I would say regardless of the creditors, but even the creditors in this in this situation, I think one is the big their biggest creditor was Lake City Bank, another Indiana company. Wow. So uh, you know, uh, we're all kind of in this together. Yeah, I haven't I haven't done a lot with Citibank myself, although I've done some. My guess is they're not really happy campers today. That's just <laughs> that's, that's just that's just <laughs> no, my take. Not, of it. and I but I do got to give them a hand. They have been cooperative. Uh, uh, we've been able to work together. They they shared inventory lists right because they got liens on some of this stuff and so they were able to uh not only share that kind of information uh but 
they were able to help work with us to get um, at least one bride her dress back. Wow. So, and, and I know we continue to work on that. So, Well, that's that's awesome. I mean, you know, like you said, there may be another 150 out there waiting, but it's it's just doing what we can when we can. Thank you for your work on that. One other thing I want to get to real quick. We're talking to the Attorney General for the state of Indiana, Todd Rakita. Todd, what about these ongoing auto complaints, uh, complaints against places that either sell vehicles or repair vehicles, or they come up with the equipment to repair vehicles. Is that something that's going on right now statewide or just here in the greater Fort Wayne area? No, I think this is statewide. I'm pulling up some numbers in anticipation of your question here. And look, as of 831 this year in 2023, there's already been um, 800 complaints filed with my office about uh, bad used cars, you know, problems with used cars. In 2022, for the whole calendar year, that was 940. So we're tracking to surpass last year. And uh, last year surpassed uh, 2021 by over eight by over 100. So it's creeping up. So, so wait a minute. We yeah. were at 940 for all of last year, and we're already over 800 complaints for 2023 year-to-date? Yes. I mean, this is a contest we shouldn't be trying to win, right? No, no. And I think it could be the economy. Uh, you know, slowing down and people trying to pass off and around, you know, uh, equipment that's not what they say it is or not up to snuff. Uh, it's more and more people, you know, in the used car market versus the new car market. You know, and by definition, a used car is going to be what? It's going to be used. Yeah. You know, it's going to it's going to have some issues. Now, at, at your attorney general's office, here's what we do. Um, we are concerned and what we can help with under Indiana law are, again, the deceptive, fraudulent pieces of uh, 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 automobile transaction. And let me say, by the way, whether it's new or used dealers, I mean, by and large, um, lots of good people in this industry. There really are. I don't know your uh, Todd Rakita must be uh, off his medication today or something because he's saying something nice about a used car dealer. Next thing he's going to say something <laughs> nice about a lawyer. But, <laughs> you know, they, they really are professionals. Um uh, on, on both the used side and the new car side, I've go to their, I've I've attended and spoken at their associations, and where they where they do continuing education on their industry, where they they learn about best practices, because they want at the end of the day, in order for them to take money home to the kids to feed their family, they got to have people leave their car lot happy. This doesn't work if they leave the car lot angry. Right. Okay. Right. So you know the, the, they 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 are they are inclined to get to yes for you. Um, the problem comes in when they start cutting the corners, right? And there's always the bad apples, and they and they ruin it for everybody. Uh, there's some gross examples uh, that we can go and look at for you, like odometer fraud. And by the way, we still have odometer fraud issues in this state where they quote unquote roll it back. And even if it's a digital odometer, which most are these days, they 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 were they'll replace the whole dashboard, and and with really? another one, and yes, yes, with the lower mileage one. Um, so we see that uh, flood damage. We have these hurricanes down south. It's bad weather down south. Start expecting flood damaged cars to get into the market. Now these cars have to be marked with a salvage title, and if if resold, have to have a rebuilt title. And that has to be clearly marked. If the dealer's not doing that, they're on the hook. I mean, you can really get them bad for that, and that has happened. I have seen a few of those cases uh, just this year. 
And then, then there's the deceptive advertising and specific misrepresentations. Now, here's where we get a lot of complaints. And if you can imagine, there's a lot of these complaints we have to turn away because, again, if you take a car and you sign the form that says, I am taking this car as is, right. at, that means you're taking it as is. So right. the muffler falls off down the road as is. Um, where you do have some recourse is if the if the if the car dealer made a specific representation, like, "Hey, I just had a new transmission put in that car. You're going to be good for another hundred thousand miles." Five thousand miles later, the transmission goes out. Right. And you find out that there was no new transmission. The guy tells you this transmission is the original. I can tell by the by the date by the stamps on the casing that these are original. This is original transmission. That is a fraud. And that's when I need to know because he made a specific representation, and it was in fact false. So what you're saying is, if somebody gets a vehicle and they buy it, and it's the car that Pat Miller drove for five years, Pat Miller needs to disclose to you that he drove it because the guy drives like an idiot. And we just, <laughs> we just, yeah. Or, uh, yeah. No, I don't no. get into fraudulent representations of media personalities. No, and that's all right because there are no fraudulent media personalities, uh, <laughs> none that I personally know. Uh, Attorney General for the state of Indiana, Todd Rakita, it looks like he's out there fighting for everyday people like you and me, and let's thank you for that. Todd, thank you so very much for your time today, sir. Yeah, it's good to be in Fort Wayne today. I'm here for Mr. Scott Myers. He's going to do a fundraiser tonight. We need him on city council. So oh, there you happy go. Happy to help him. All right, very good. Well, thanks for working us into your schedule. That's the Attorney General for the state of Indiana, Todd Rakita. Podcasts by Federated Media.